Hi, this is Tom Brevoort, and you are listening to the Captain America Comic Fans Podcast. Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to episode 157 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. I'm Rick Verbonis. I am your host, and... I, I was going to say, as always, but last week we didn't have him, but we got him back this week, and that is the best gosh darn co-host out there, Mr. Bob Lucius. Oh, Bob, it is a beautiful day for a reign of terror. <laughs> I, I, I don't, who is that? I I, I don't think anybody anybody would get that quote um unless they are a huge fan of zorro the gay blade <laughs> you're gonna have to i i remember seeing that in 1981 when it came out maybe it was 1981 probably on cinemax or yeah <laughs> totally. i think i did too i think we've had these conversations where i was yeah. going over my my aunt's house and she had like the movie channel yeah i'm pretty sure that's where i saw zorro the gay blade yeah right who was who started zorro the gay blade oh, it was george hamilton George Hamilton, yes. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that treasure. that quote was from the villain Esteban, um, and uh, and I I thought it was apropos because why, Bob? What are we covering today? Oh, uh, Dimension Z. Dimension what? Z. Z as in ah, zero. Very nice. And right. also, what is what is uh, um, Arnim Zola? doing he's about to have his reign, reign of terror, terror. right nice. on yeah. on earth right as he goes very to nice. uh yeah so the only thing he, this story is lacking is is a very tanned protagonist for bonus yeah yes, no you will tan. never see a very tan rick for <laughs> uh i'm as pale as they get uh at least for the last few decades uh i'm 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 over the days of burning and tanning yeah, you're past that. Yeah. 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 What did you think of? Uh, I mean, talk about a movie that would not get written today. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally un PC yeah. movie. Uh, but just uh just to give people a kind of an idea of what the movie was about, it um it took place in the 1840s in Spain, and it was essentially a sequel to the 1940 movie The Mark of Zorro. And so Zorro proper, he retired and his son takes over as Zorro. It gets passed down generation to generation, right? So his son is continuing as Zorro, but then he hurts himself and he can't continue. But Zorro must go on. So uh, he asks his twin brother to be um, the, uh, the new Zorro. The 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 funny part of the movie is that his twin brother was flamboyantly gay uh, and he asks him to to take up the mantle. And uh, this character, his name was Bunny Wigglesworth. <laughs> and so he ends up being the new Zorro 
Yeah. And uh and the hilariousness ensues. Yes. Uh again, not it would not be a movie made today. No. It'd be good. It's good for like a back-to-back showing with maybe Blazing Saddles or something like oh, that. Oh, totally. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Sure. The funny thing is, Hamilton, George Hamilton, because of course he plays both roles because yeah. you know, it is during that time before special effects where they, you know, yeah. so he, you know, he's, he's got to play both roles. Um, he was nominated for a golden globe. <laughs> was he? Yeah. For playing the dual role of Don oh. Diego de la Vega. Oh my goodness. He deserves something. And Bunny Wigglesworth, you know, AKA Ramon de la Vega, <laughs> but he changed his name to Bunny Wigglesworth because he yeah. didn't like Ramon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Good stuff. I, you know what? I might just have to look up how I can see that movie again. Right. And then, yeah. um, and then just, it'll be probably just like watching a Mel Brooks film and be yeah. like, oh, that's oh. a lot. It was a lot. It was, that hits it different. wasn't as funny as I remember. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So, Bob, we missed you last week. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. I had to work. What do you mean you had to work? This is your job. Right. Coming on here. <laughs> right. And yeah. uh, doing this. Yeah, I know it was uh, and it was it was not a pleasant, you know, I had uh, I had to to lead a hike because one of my one of my people was out sick mm-hmm. and it was a it was a sunset hike, and it rained. So what, that also adds to the thrill of the thrill of it. But, but hiking in the rain, hiking in the rain, trying to avoid alligators and big snakes and mosquitoes and all sorts of things yeah mm. so but anyway well we missed way. you we Thank missed you. you and uh alberto missed you uh so that was uh we had alberto Gon- gonzalez on to mm-hmm. uh talk about his comp- uh, captain america comic book art so it was a lot of fun yeah I know I had some questions I was hoping to ask him, but I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to that episode because uh, uh, I haven't heard it yet because it hasn't come out yet uh, in our timeline. But this uh, whole time travel thing. Yeah, this whole time travel thing. But I'm looking forward to, to listening to that because it's all going to be new to me. Mm, yeah. yeah. So. You know what else is going to be new to you? If you want to talk, listen to some really good uh, talk about Captain America art, I... I'm going to be a guest on the show coming up. So I mentioned in last week's episode, there's this really cool website called comic, comicartfans.com. It's a great way to just check out art. Uh, it's almost like going to like a virtual museum of, of comic book art. You know, you can search characters and creators and all kinds of fun stuff. So anyway, the the guy who who runs that site, his name's Bill Cox, real nice guy. And he does a lot of different shows on their YouTube channel. And one of them, uh, comes out every Tuesday night and it's live. And he uh, he basically has guests on to go over uh, their artwork. And so so the the series of of the ones that come out Tuesday night where he talks to to these, you know, other people, you know, hobbyists and so on. Uh, it's called Comic Art Live. So next Tuesday, which is October 17th, and you can, uh, you know, go on there and and there's a chat. And you can ask questions and, and it's make live. fun make fun of me. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So uh go to YouTube o- yeah. Tuesday, October 17th. I don't remember what time it starts. I think it's like 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, but uh, the channel's Comic Art Live. Uh so check it out. Yeah. 
I'll wonder, I'll post a link uh, the day of in the uh, in the Facebook group. I wonder if the uh, Red Skull will will phone in. Oh, he could. Well, I know. I you know. <laughs> well, of course, you know this is chat, so we won't get to hear oh. the voices. Uh, no, unfortunately, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. But yeah, anyway, that'll be fun. I'll be going over my my Captain America art collection, or at least the highlights, anyway. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, anything new going on with you this week, Bob? Did you get anything in the mail, maybe, or ha any anything coming in? Well, I, I did, Rick. I picked up a couple items. You know, I, I've been so stressed recently with with my whole work situation that uh, I had to do a little, little retail re therapy. Little retail therapy. Uh -huh. So um, my wife uh, encouraged me after a sufficient amount of whining on my part uh, <laughs> to, uh, you know, cause I've been saving, um, I've been saving like uh, a little bit each month. Uh -huh. and, my, and my goal, I think I've told you before is to add three, was to add three more books to my, my golden mm -hmm. age collection. Mm -hmm. And that's my goal is just, that's what I want. I want, uh, I want to, I want to, I want an issue of every title that cap was in uh, during the golden age mm -hmm. with, with the exception of the Marvel mystery comics, which he appeared in a few stories. So I have captain America. I, I have an all winners. And so what I'm really looking for was an all select in uh, a USA comics. And, and also I want to, I want an issue of young allies with, uh, with Bucky and, uh, mm -hmm. and his team, the Sentinels. So uh, I, I, I picked up an issue of all select and it's, it's number 10, which was the final issue of all select with, uh, with cap and human torch and in the Submariner, uh, because the next issue, issue 11 was when, um, the blonde phantom, uh, had, had, had that, that book. Mm -hmm. So last issue with, uh, with cap. And so I was able to, to get that copy. So not a, not a war copy. Uh, those are quite expensive, but they all select are hard to get. So I was really happy to land that. And then on top of that, I picked up another Sentinel of Liberty badge. Um, Man, you're on a roll. Yeah. Well, I just love those things, Rick. You know, I've got a, that's, they're my favorite things of everything I have are the Sentinel of Liberty badges. Um, just because of the history behind them and the fact that I know that people, some kid had it, you know, yeah. wore it and sent in his 10 cents and was excited about it. So, uh, those have a special place in my heart. So it was a good deal. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so yeah, happy to, happy to, to grab that. That's cool, man. That, that's yeah. a, that's a good score for you this week. Yeah. You got yourself a killer book. And uh, another pin. That's awesome. Yeah. Anything? Uh, anything come your way? From, uh, the mail fairy. I I did. Uh, well, I I I got two more pieces of art. Surprise, surprise. Um, but you know, uh, not nothing extravagant because again, I I think I've exceeded my my budget for the year. But um, I, I did end up getting a a page from Escape from Dimension Z. I saw that. I yeah, that. yeah. I I got a page from um, I think it's issue five. It's the it's it's a cool page. I mean, you know, it's not like a a huge um, what would you call a a key or anything mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. But it is the first appearance, or not first appearance, but it's the first time uh, Steve meets Jet Black. Okay, and 
Of course, he meets her by her kicking him in the back. Yeah. If you remember that. Yeah. And it's a big half page splash. He's in the middle of a battle and she comes up and, and kicks him in the back. And then um, he reacts by taking his shield and not throwing it at her, but swinging it at her because he has like the strap still touched, you know, tied to the, the shield. Mm-hmm. And so he takes it and he, and he, he uses that and, and now she jumps out of the way. But I also think it's the first time we ever see Cap do that yeah. where he has the shield attached and he, he's swinging it, which, right. so anyway, I thought it was cool. It was a good yeah. deal. Um, you know me, I'm a sucker for a deal. So, yeah. uh, I was happy to get that. Great. Um, uh, hasn't gotten the mail yet. So once it does, I'll, I'll post it up on the Facebook group cause I'm a little superstitious about that. I don't like posting anything until mm. I actually have it in my hands. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, what I do have in my hands is, uh, yes. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, oh, sorry. You're going to talk about art. Okay. No, go, go on. Carry on. I didn't uh, know where this podcast was going, Rick. All right. What I do have my hands on, Bob, yeah. is uh, a piece of art that I ordered yesterday and came to mail today because uh, I got That's it from quick. a guy in New York. Yeah. And it's um, <laughs> it's interesting. Have you ever heard of the artist Ramona Fraden? She, she's done a lot of work for DC, right? Primarily DC. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she actually started doing comic illustrations in 1950. Wow. Yeah. That's so crazy. she she was a, a regular artist on Aquaman and a, uh, and then a few other series. She mm-hmm. she co-created uh the character Metamorpho for DC. Yeah. Uh and then she was on um I think the comic strip Brenda Starr for a while and so on so on. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah this little five by five or six by six uh pencil sketch of captain america where he's he's holding a flag in one hand and a shield in the other hand and i saw that and i was like well you know what i you know she's never really worked on captain america so she's not associated with cap but and you know uh and it has obviously a a, an older style to it right it has kind of like a a 60s style of art to it but you know what i she's 96 years old right yeah. I was she like, still takes commissions. I was like, I got to support this lady. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. you know, I, I just, I have to do it because my God, the fact that she's 96 years old and still drawing and, and, uh, do, like you said, doing commissions. Yeah. Man, more power to her. So now, yeah. now I'm a proud owner of a Ramona uh, piece of Captain America art. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, she does real. I mean, she does. She's very prolific and uh, she's very reasonably priced. And like mm-hmm. I said, she still takes commissions. So if anybody is interested, uh, it's pretty easy to get in touch with her. I think uh, there's a couple of groups on Facebook that. Um, yeah, there's one group I think that reps her is Catskill yeah. Comics. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 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 You yeah. just go onto their page and and see uh, they just will occasionally just put up like a dozen Bunch different things that she did. And yeah. And I got lucky and got the captain. America. Well, that's one. cool. I've never seen her do a cap thing before. So yeah. good job. So I, I will tell you another thing that happened to me this week is funny is uh, my, my daughter is driving. Mm-hmm. Right. And she's been driving for a few weeks now and uh, she's driving my, my old car. Yeah. Now um, I had to use the car 
the other day because um, my car was blocked in on the driveway. So I, I decided to go out and use it. So I, I used the car and I noticed there was a few things in the car that, you know, you know, some, some trash, stuff like that. that mm. And, uh, and I noticed uh, there was some stuff in the, in the back seat as well. So I'm talking to my daughter and I said, listen, if you're going to drive the car, you know, just keep it clean, you know, just take care of the stuff. And she had a, uh, Back when we were, we had a family vacation, her and her brother sat in the back seat, you know, and they had their pillows and stuff like that. My son brought his pillow in, but she mm-hmm. didn't bring her pillow in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and, and listen, your pillow's still, still there. Bring your pillow in. And she goes, well, why? I don't, you know, it's fine. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. My teenage daughter is not going to have a pillow in the back seat of her car. <laughs> yeah. Well, Rick, you know, I have one in my car, but it's for lumbar lumbar support. Uh huh. Yeah. So. yeah. But you you get my point. Right? <laughs> yeah, I do, of course. So yeah. I, I say this, and my wife just balls out laughing. She yeah. just starts laughing. Yeah. And uh, and my my daughter, she's like, Dad, I need the pillow so when I get on the school bus for our late night trips, you know, because she's she's in guard, right. and they go like you know Friday nights and Saturday nights. She's like, I bring it on the bus so I can sleep on the bus, and you know, and everything. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, all right. But I thought that was funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bob, we got a couple birthdays this week. Who whose birthdays this week? Rick? Well, uh, you know, this comes out on October 11th. Yeah. In- Guess whose birthday is October 11th? Very important person in the mm-hmm. Captain America mythos. Is it Mike Zack? It'd be Joe Simon. Oh, Joe Simon. Okay. Yes. All if right. Joe Simon wasn't born on this date yeah. all those years ago, we may not have Captain America. as uh, Definitely not as we know it. Yeah. So yeah. co-creator of Captain America, Joe Simon's birthday was today, October 11th, if you're listening on the day this comes out. And then... Uh, later this week, uh, some of really prolific inkers and embellishers that worked with Jack Kirby uh, also have birthdays. Uh, we have Vince Coletta. Mm-hmm. Uh, his birthday is October 15th, which, by the way, is also my birthday. Oh, and wow. the very next day, October 16th, Joe Sinnott. Wow. Yeah. It's three heavy hitters. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking legendary uh, creators and artists for Captain America. Joe Simon, Vince Coletta, Joe Sennett, all having birthdays this week. Happy yeah. birthday. Yes. Uh, or I don't know how to say this. Uh, you know, there's we'll celebrate their birthdays this week. I'll yes. say that. Yeah. I like that. Nicely put. Yeah. All right. October must be a very creative month. Uh, either that or January was a very busy month. <laughs> That, that could be too. All right. I think that's everything unless you got anything else. Been out of touch for a while. Been following the group, you know, as I can. Uh, it seems busy. Membership's still going up, right? Even though we changed changed the name. Yeah. And, and also the change the privacy too. Yeah. Um, I don't have to continuously on a daily basis delete all these different Chris yeah. Evans uh groups and yeah. you know yeah. uh anymore so now that now we're a private group and we're back to asking questions that's nice that's nice seeing the answers you know I, I appreciate that when when i look at somebody you know who wants to join just it, it just i don't know for me it it just seems natural that 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 should be a gig you know They're yeah very basic questions and uh 
but they're important. You know, the answers are important. Yeah, so. I've, ha I've had to turn down a few because they didn't answer the questions or they didn't agree to the group rules. And then, you know, you can put in there like, here's why you were yeah. turned down. Yeah. And so I had a guy who turned it down like he like he didn't do it twice. And then on, after like two times being turned down, finally on the third one, he was like, OK. And he answered the questions and it, it grew. Ah, like, yeah. I'm like, come on. I'm like, you know, it is what it is. Hey, yeah. we're trying to keep the riffraff out. That's right. Yeah. Bob, should we get to the comic today? Probably should. I'm excited should. about it because we left out on a cliffhanger as we have almost every yeah. issue. And uh, if we remember in the last part of Captain America, volume seven, number eight, uh, that ended with Sharon Carter showing up. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. And unless you saw the cover and she kills Ian Rogers. Right. Yeah. Who Shoots just, him in the neck for crying out loud. Rick. And he falls into the lava pit or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Just as yeah. he, he realized that he broke the programming of Arnim Zola. Yeah. And Sharon shoots him. The timing's everything. I tell you. Yeah. So now we got to, we got to see what's going on. All right. So uh, should I read, the solicitation. I'd be disappointed if you did. All right, here we go. This is what Marvel wrote 10 years ago. With the only way back to Earth slowly closing forever, Captain America must make the hardest decision of his life. A new ally from the past arrives and makes everything worse. Thanks, Sharon. Zola's plot is hatched. Humanity in the crosshairs. The final days... Dimension Z are here, and if Steve Rogers escapes intact, he will never be the same again. Wow. That sounds worth reading. It does. So this had a release date uh, of July 24th, 2013, cover date of September 2013. So if you were in the comic shops 10 years ago today, you would probably see this on the rack. And it has the same creators as before, writer Rick Remender and penciler John Romita Jr. Now, mm -hmm. the anchors, we've got a little bit of, um, uh, um, I, I, we have three different anchors on this one. Mm -hmm. um, so over the course of this time, we've had Claus Jansen, Scott Hanna, and Tom Palmer. And guess what? All three of them worked on this particular issue. Colorist, Dean White. Letterer, Joe Caramanga. Editor, Tom Brevoort. Bob, do you want to maybe take us through the cover? Sure. I'd be happy to, Rick. So we've got uh, we've got a profile, you know, uh, angle here. Uh, and it's it's a pretty cool cover because uh, in the background, we see the cosmos, right? We see planets, we see uh, stars. I mean, and there's dozens and dozens of them. So it's kind of a really cool background to this cover. But and, and then in the intermediary, we see the ruins of basically a city. Uh, in Dimension Z. But in the foreground, we see Arnim Zola and we see Cap battling. And in a, in a callback to the River of, uh, of Lava on Mustafar, uh, Arnim Zola has the high ground. Oh, I like it. Nicely yeah. done. You know, he's standing up on, uh, on an outcrop, uh, looking down at Cap, who is below him. And Cap's got his, his shield raised and he's blocking uh, an energy ray that's coming out of Zola's head cannon. Uh, and and <laughs> yeah. so 
You said blow him. <laughs> below below him, Rick. Come on, oh, Rick. Sorry. So he's got his he's got his his shield up uh in his right hand, blocking that energy ray, but in his his left hand. Cap's got this big old wooden club with some metal spikes <laughs> sticking out of it, right? Uh, and you can see where are his hands, Bob. Right, exactly. He's he's got them so you could see him, Rick. Okay. Yeah, right. And he's he's got this look of determination on his face. He's gritting his teeth, and it is a battle for the ages as as Cap tries to advance up that rocky outcrop and take on take on uh take on Zola. Very nice. Uh yeah, cool cover. And it still has that, um, oh gosh, uh, the captain and then America is three times the height of the captain and it's red, white, and blue striped. Uh, so that's going across And Then down at the bottom has that red bar. It says Marvel now. How much, how much would it cost to get you this issue back then, Bob? Gosh, I, I don't remember, Rick. Um, were they like three fifty or two ninety? I don't know. I I can't remember. I you know I remember I subscribed to these. No, oh, okay. This is the only time I ever subscribed this volume. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Did they come protected and yeah. in good shape, or were they damaged? You know, you know they they were in reason. I mean, were they nine point eight? No. No, they weren't right, but they came in a uh, you know in a mylar you know pro polypropylene mailer with a those with a are completely board. two different things, Bob. Oh, I, I just said they're polypropylene, right? Okay, mylar is. I know. I, I corrected myself. Uh, oh, I thought it was a run-on sentence. No, a polypropylene, and then it had a backing board. So generally, they 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 arrived nice. They weren't folded in half, you know, like the old days. Um, they weren't torn and they weren't really damaged. They, they were good. You know, they were good readers. So, um, but yeah, okay. but I, it, I felt like I still went out and bought them because I got, they were always, they always arrived later than when they hit the new, the, the newsstand at the, uh, at my comic shop for some bizarre reason. So you would buy them in the comic shop and then a little later get them in the mail. Yeah. Yeah. Must be nice to just throw money away like that. Yeah. Well, at that time, I was making a good a good amount of money, Rick. Oh. Certainly more than I was making now. I was I was oh. on active duty as a lieutenant colonel, doing pretty well for myself. So. Yeah. And yeah. now you're buying 7.0 1946 <laughs> yeah. comics and yeah and yeah, yeah. I don't want I don't want to hear. Don't but I but cry I, me I, up a storm. I, there. I don't do doubles anymore on my current issues. I can tell you oh. that much. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm with Who you can on afford that? that? Not not me. Not at $3.99, $4.99 in some cases, an issue. Do you want to read uh, the previously as you have been uh, during this series? Sure, sure. Previously, villainous geneticist Arnim Zola lured Captain America to Dimension Z to unlock the secrets of the super soldier serum within Cap's DNA. Cap escaped, absconding with an infant he named Ian. For a dozen years, Cap wandered the desolation of Dimension Z, raising Ian as his own child. They were taken in by the Frocks, natives of Dimension Z, who opposed Zola's cruel reign. As war between the Frocks and Zola's mutates reached its climax, Jet Black, Zola's own daughter, was inspired by Cap to betray her father and free the Frocks, being held captive. Unfortunately, their escape was foiled by Jet's very angry, very disappointed father. 
Meanwhile, Ian was brainwashed by Zola Sounds to like kill my dad. his adopted father. <laughs> Just as he was about to deliver the death blow, Sharon Carter, Cap's lover, suddenly appeared and intervened by shooting Ian. All the while, Zola's floating city comes closer to our dimension, weaponized with an infection that will spread Zola's consciousness around the world. Did you just go Saturday Night Live, lover? That's exactly what it was. <laughs> uh, those are funny skits. Yes, indeed. All right. So let's get to the comics. We cut to a flashback scene. And it says six years ago. Now, keep in mind, he's been here for over a decade, right? So... At this point, you know, Ian's maybe six, let's say. Okay. And we see Steve Rogers, not in his full Captain America gear, but he's wearing it enough. Uh, and he's got his gloves and his boots on. And uh, he is standing at a wall indoors and he's painting. And you could see he's painting a version of Captain America because you can see the shield and so on, but you can't really see all the details because it's from the side. And he's got a very, very long paintbrush. I have never seen anyone paint with a paintbrush. <laughs> That's got to be two and a half feet long. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like he's conducting an orchestra. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. Got to have a lot of control with that brush. And we hear off panel. Dad. Five, dad. I caught five of them and he comes running in. There's Ian and he's, he's holding uh looks like a, a fish from of that, you know, that uh, area. And then there's a, a frock behind him and Steve turns and looks and now he's, he's disheveled, right? He's got long hair and he's got a beard because again, he's been trapped in this dimension Z for you know, at this point, probably about six years. No kidding. The pool was murky, and, and, and Kayleen didn't think we could find any, but I knew where to look. I just roamed around until I found the right spot. Look! I'm not in the least bit surprised. Y you're not? And then Steve hugs Ian and pulls him in close. You're amazing at everything you set your mind to, buddy. Wow. Did, did you just paint that? I remember that day, and he has a big smile on his face. So do I. One of the happiest days of my life. And we turn the page, and it's a full, full splash page of what, Bob? Well, it's 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 Ian uh, up on Steve's shoulders, and uh, you know Steve's holding his shield loosely in his right hand, very relaxed, and uh, and they're looking over. Uh, what looks to be like the a wa maybe water of some sort, and the frocks are down there, sort of frolicking in the water and having a good old time. And it's just a nice day; the sun is out. It's a real peaceful. Multiple scene. suns, yeah, yeah, multiple suns, yeah. Well, why do you, do we know that scene? Because he says one of the happiest days of my life. It's, uh, I almost felt like we should have known what he was talking about. I don't recall. Okay. Yeah. And then we cut to now. And we 
pick up where we left off, and that is Z Zola's base that is firing all, you know, exhausts, uh, thrusters that are shooting out, you know, straight up. And we hear, we see a, a word balloon coming from inside and it's Sharon Carter's voice. We'll figure it out, Steve. I promise. But you have to believe me. Nothing you're saying could possibly be true. It's all artificial memories. Zola's planted into your mind. Memories we will clean out. And she's carrying, not carrying, but she's helping along uh, down this corridor uh, of badly, badly injured Steve. Because remember, Ian had shoved the, you know, that shard into Steve's back as he was laying down. So he's bleeding from so many different places right now and he has bandages all around him. And he's he's barely holding his shield as, as Sharon's got his, her arm around him and helping him walk. It's not artificial, Sharon. I, we've been here for over a, a decade. And then he coughs. Ian, he was my son, Sharon. My son. You have to listen closely to me now. He wasn't your son. And you have not been here for a decade. You left me in the train station not 30 minutes ago. Do you understand? It, it's not not possible. And there's actually tears in Steve's eye. And of course, he would be very sad seeing his son killed. Sure. Yeah. I mean, this is a broken man. Right. Not, not only physically, and I don't know if in my history, Bob, if I've ever seen him more physically broken than he is currently. Yes. I mean, 100%, right? Not only did Ian do a number on him, but right before that, he fought Captain Zolandia. Right. And, and and right before that, he was fighting against mutants. I mean, it's been one constant battle after another to be where right. he is now. And, and previously to that, he ripped the Zola virus out of his chest. Right, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So this is a, a really physically beaten man I don't know if I've ever seen him emotionally beaten more than right now. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Right. This is the lowest I think readers have ever seen Steve Rogers physically and emotionally. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. It not possible. Ian, I raised him. I followed right behind you, Steve. It's been minutes, not years. Whatever you think happened, whatever you think is going on, it's all a lie. Whoever you think he was, he was going to kill you. And I stopped him. I've been a victim of Zola's mind games. I know what you're dealing with. No, it was real. It can't, can't be a lie. And he, he's falling over. Steve, Angel, just put it out of your mind. It doesn't matter. Not right now. We'll figure it out later. Right now, this place is rigged to blow. We have to get out. And he turns to look up at her. What? 
What do you mean? It's rigged to blow up? I planted PIM condensed C4 across the base. I don't think you understand the severity of this. As soon as I arrived, the city turned into a floating battle station. An army of mutates are preparing to invade and infect mankind with the Zola consciousness virus. I saw rocket bikes. We have to get to them. Take to the tunnel back to Earth and get. And so they're they're going through a door into another room. And then uh, these mutates find them. There. Them get that murder. Them die for us. Mutates turn. Eat them good. And these two mutates. How would you describe the mutates, Bob? What do they look like to you? They they have a certain resemblance to uh, the the xenomorph from the alien movies, right? Mm, I mean, sure, they, I can see that. Yeah, their their heads are very similar. You know, they have very long, extended heads with very sharp teeth, with a very large mouth, and you know, a normal sort of like human like torso but everything's mm-hmm. very scaly and blocky and uh, over maybe uh, you know over long arms and, and legs so they're they're very you know unappealing visually uh oh yeah type of creature right but we also know that they're they're mutants of the frocks that uh, that zola has genetically manipulated to to create in this fashion yeah, I almost wonder, and I, I may have mentioned this before, so I apologize, but I almost wonder, you know, I, I'm sure John Romero Jr. had full, you know, uh, authority to to create them to look however he wanted. I kind of think he drew them in a way that he could quickly draw them. Oh, absolutely. Right, because yeah. they're just ugly. They're ugly. There's nothing uniform about them. He just make yeah. jagged faces, jagged teeth, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You're not gonna say like, well, well, no, that that one had had a third bump on its head. This one yeah. only has three, or it has four. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. You can whip these things out. Yeah. And uh, so they come at Sharon and Steve with these lightning rods, and uh, you know, the shooting electricity. And Sharon kind of almost looks like in this panel, she kind of pushes Steve away uh, because she knows that he's, you know, he can't protect himself at this point. And so she protects her boy self and she kind of uh, looks like she's doing pretty good against these things. And she says, you boys are hungry. Mama's got time enough to cook up a quick snack. And she takes and she uses the electrical staffs and and uses them against them in their throat, in their mouth, and basically killing them. And then another one comes at her and swings, but she ducks. What more? And she puts a, a gun into his face and fires. Eyes are bigger than the hole in your head. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. And it makes a sound effect, Bob. Gazek! So then she goes and she grabs Steve, who's just laying there. Get up, Steve. We have to hurry. Go. Get out of here, Sharon. Done. I'm not coming. Nothing left. What the hell is this? Are you letting Artem Zola reduce you to this? I am not leaving you here. Stand up. I need you to stand up. And then Cap's one good eye uh, 
opens up wide as if he's heard a, heard a trigger word. Always stand up. There's the man I love. Whatever you think has happened here, we haven't lost yet. We're going to stop Zola and get out of here. No, can't leave yet. I failed Ian, but there's someone I can still save. Let me cut to the next page. And who, what do we see here, Bob? It's Jet Black and Arnim Zola, and they're going at it. She, she, yeah. Now, for those who haven't been paying attention to this series, Bob, this is their first time. Mm. Uh, can you describe Arnim Zola to me? Yeah, I'd love to. I'm glad you asked, Rick. Okay. Uh, he's big and blocky and very mechanical looking. And, 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 you know, as you know, from the history of Arnim Zola, he, his, his visage, his face is, uh, is electronically reproduced in this case, holographically and a little screen, mm -hmm. uh, in his, in his center of his torso. Uh, and he's got in this case, uh, on his head where his head would be a number of different, uh, uh, weapons, so cannons mm -hmm. that shoot energy rays and other sorts of things, and presumably cameras as well. But he's also, in this particular instance, uh, his body is armored, uh, the arms, the legs, the torso, uh, and they've got spikes everywhere. And of course, he's in Zola purple. So what is Zola purple? It's, a, it's, a, it's the royal purple. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, also in this image, Bob, if you could describe to the listeners the characters, the frocks. Oh, right, right. The frocks. So also, you know, I, this is one of those things that you you mentioned the mutates and how you think uh, J.R. Jr. Uh, rendered them in such a way that he could quickly dash them off, probably without, you know, too much attention to consistency. Uh, same case here with the frocks. Yeah, they're an odd looking species. They're uh, human like in terms of having, uh, you know, two arms, two legs, a torso and, and a mm -hmm. head. But but their heads are uh, very blocky, almost rectangular, with uh, almost no nose, uh, wide set apart eyes, and, and, and a mouth that is almost like a straight line across their face. Uh, and then I think they've got like, like three, fing three fingers and a thumb. So, um, but again, they all look alike. And I think in this case, what we're seeing are the women of the species, because mm. I'm not mistaken, most of the men, if not all of them, had been killed at this point. And Zola had captured the women and was in the process of converting them to mutates when they were freed. Excellent. Thank you for doing that. Is, is there anyone else in this uh, image that you perhaps maybe want to describe in full detail? Well... Yeah, in, in the interest of time, you know, maybe we shouldn't go into too much detail. But we do <laughs> no, I insist, Bob. I insist. No, insist. it's okay. I, you know, I, you know, I know, folks really, they really want to get to the action here. But Jet Black is uh, Isola's daughter, his eldest child, and mm. uh, is she old? Does she look old, Bob? Uh, she she is matured. Um, she's matured for her years. Uh, okay. Yeah, she is. Uh, she's a robust woman. Who robust, looks to, yeah, somewhere in her early to maybe mid twenties. Very oh, okay. athletic, uh, as I think you can tell from the illustrations. Uh, and she wears. Oh, very, she's very lean. She is lean. Okay, a, everywhere. Uh, uh, muscular. <laughs> well, she's got the you know curves, you know, as you might expect from a from a woman. Uh, and her attire uh, is really, uh, I'd hate to think, designed to accentuate those curves. That seems very, you know. 
manipulative, um, right? But in this case, we know that in fact, that's not the case. She, she uh -huh. has this sort of very uh, low material outfit because she possesses- Low material. Yeah, like an absence I like of- that. Uh, yeah, that's the technical term, Rick. That's how uh, you know the creative types describe it. Uh, so she uh, she doesn't wear a lot of clothing because mm. she has omnisenses, which allows her to uh, accentuate particular uh, uh, particular senses, whether it's sight or hearing or the you know tactile or vibrations on her skin around her. Uh, and so she she wears this outfit to expose her skin. Uh, to the world around her so she could take advantage of of that heightened sense those omni senses i see yeah and the clothing that she's wearing uh is it loosely fit <laughs> you know it's not rick and i think no? i think that would be in the way it might all that flapping around uh -huh. might confuse the omni senses so it is very skin tight body hugging i, I think you know, uh, would be maybe a term to, to characterize it. And it, it covers- uh, You've been just, known to use it once or twice. It's been, it's, it basically, it covers uh, the basics, right? The- The, the feet uh, and, and the hands. The feet and the hands, right? Her ears. And, yeah. You know, on a man, they call- Her it calves. The twigs and berries, right? But I don't know what the equivalent is on a, on a woman. <laughs> <laughs> so- Is there anything- they, Whatever is there anything else is. flapping around? Nothing perhaps? else is, is flapping around. It's mostly held down. Held down. Uh, held down, contained, Okay. compressed. Uh, yeah, for safety. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well done. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I love how you did all that and didn't describe one damn thing that she's doing in this picture, which is what I wanted you to do. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got, I got distracted by the frocks. Bob, I don't give a frock. Just go ahead. Just say what she's doing in this image. Yeah. Well, she's leaping in the air with her, uh, her with her electric staff, and, and she's bringing it down hard on uh, Zola's right shoulder. And, and and you know what? It's you know what? It's it's making a sound, Rick. And that sound is. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Bob, for taking us through that panel. My pleasure. And then she lands and she turns to the frocks and she says, run, run to the escape vessel. I'll deal with my father. And then she hits him again in the, the midsection. What are you waiting for? Go. And the frocks are slow to move, but they, they run into the escape thing and, and she gets to the door. Move. I'll set the ship to take you. And then just then in the, grabbing the back of her head is her father, Arnim Zola. There's nowhere they can hide. I must kill them for your own good to extinguish this discrepant sympathy you've contracted. This weak compassion, it is beneath a Zola. Then I renounce you and your name. I would rather die saving these frocks than be like you. I am Azola no more. And it's a zooming in on her eyes, uh, to, I think, to to really emphasize the sternness of of her expression and what she's saying, but also the impact. I mean, can you imagine Bobby coming up to you and saying, I am a Lucius no more? Yeah. Be like, all right, fine. 
leave your key. <laughs> no, you're right though. You're right. She has this look, it, it is, it is anger, but it's also shock. I think at her own words. Yeah, that's a good point. How can you break my heart like this? I have given you everything. All of this was for you. And now you want to be the hero to protect the weak and downtrodden at your own expense? Dear Jet. And he releases her. Look deep and you will see it is not what you want. It is a gilded idea with no practical application. It will leave you under the boot of the more sensible. Ideals will never withstand the crushing horror of truth. We choose our own truth, Father. How we see the world is how we make it. And I have seen a world shaped by your hand. It is a sad and cold thing. Your mind is infected by nauseous deceit, a spell cast on you by the miserable faces of these frocks, Father. Now, what have the frocks done, Bob? They're not they're not hiding anymore back where she told them to go. What are they doing? They are. They one of them uh, in the lead has picked up Jet Black's electric staff, and they're gathering behind her as if they're going to take on uh, Arnhem and defend her now. And then just then, on the last panel of this, the bottom stretching across uh, vertically, or I'm sorry, stretching across horizontally across the bottom, Zola, his his ray that's on top of his head is starting to gather power to shoot. And he says, Father, I must kill as a lesson to you. You're done hurting people, Arnhem. And we turn the page for a double page splash. Now it's your turn. And what do we see in this humongous image, Bob? This is pretty neat, Rick, right? I mean, we see we see Cap come from off screen uh, from like the upper left corner of this panel. And he's standing on his shield with both feet firmly placed on the interior convex part. And he's he's got his left hand grasping the strap and he's using all the weight of his body against his shield to slam into Zola's uh, faceplate. And look at the faceplate. It's like caving in. He's destroying it. And it makes a very loud noise, but it surely does. Kradoom! Next page. You sent him to kill me. Polluted his mind. You didn't care if he lived or died. And now he's gone, Artem. You hear me? Ian's dead as he stands over top of him. The boy was weak. A traitor to his name. Death was the only way for him. I knew he would either kill you or die. Both ends serve my needs. And then Cap uses his right boot to stomp in his electrical face. And he yells out, Monster! And it makes a loud noise, Bob. <sighs> and just then, uh, Sharon goes over to help Jet Black up. Who, who are you? Sharon Carter. Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., an ally of Captain America's. I'm here to help. Then help, Sharon Carter. Help me get these frocks to safety. Next page, top panel, 
again, going across horizontally is Cap taking his shield and just shoving it into Arnim Zola's faceplate in the middle of his torso. And you see like uh, wires and pieces flying up and, you know, spurts of, of fluid. And Steve yells, you'll never hurt another person ever again. And again, a loud sound effect, Bob. And at that point, Jet Black is leading the frocks. I can't undo what my father has done, but I am sorry. This will take you home, home to your children. You will be safe. I will not allow further harm to befall your people. And they come up and they hug her. And then she and Sharon leave as that escape vessel fires off with the exhaust down around their feet as they're running away. Good work, Jet. You saved them. Yes. The first of many sins to atone for. And so at this point, we have a bandaged up bleeding Steve standing over a very damaged Arnim Zola and he's holding him and Arnim is spitting out his mechanical words. You win, Captain. As ever, you are the superior fighter. It matters very little. Once again, you have been outwitted. I'll live forever in the bodies and minds of everyone you've ever known or loved. To hell with you. To hell with humanity. And he hits a, a device which opens up the, uh, I guess, the, the ceiling. And it you know opens up to a circle that gets wider and wider. And at that point, you see something firing off up through it. And he says, no life on earth will escape the shadow of battle station Zola. The Zola consciousness will infect all. And he then grabs Steve and pulls him off the side. And this time, mankind will not have Captain America to lead a resistance. The portal tears open. Revealing the blue skies of home. The blue skies I'll never show my son. All those broken promises I made. Promises about those skies. A blue, the atmosphere here never shows. A color that represented a, a dream to him. In my paintings of home, those blue skies, Ian would often be lost in them. Dreaming of that other place. That place where he could be safe for the first time in his life. When I promised to take Ian back there one day, I could always see something in his eyes, behind his smile. Doubt. Now, this whole time that this inner monologue's going, they are falling down stories, bouncing off walls and ledges, and uh, finally they land. And I'm assuming this whole time Steve's on top of uh, of Arnim Zola because I don't think he could survive 
that fall otherwise, especially in his condition. And then he lands, and then there's Arnim Zola over top of him, this gigantic construct over top of him with his arms stretched out with his hands around Steve's throat, squeezing and choking him. There isn't a more personal way to kill a man than to choke him with your hands. To look a man in the eyes as you squeeze that brief glimmer from him. And again, he says, behind his smile, doubt. It was a doubt I knew well. The doubt of a boy who'd only ever known a hostile world, intent on wiping out his small family. Doubt that his father's optimism carried any weight. Doubt that it wasn't simply a tender pose, a well-intentioned lie intended to ease a child's suffering. And during this, uh, as he's getting choked, Steve reaches into his pouch and he pulls out. What does he pull out of his pouch, Bob? It's that bullet, Rick, with diligence engraved on the side of it. He then takes the bullet and he pushes it into the faceplate of Zola with the back of the bullet still facing him. He then reaches for a jagged uh, rock and then he slams it at the back of the bullet which then fires it, creating an exit wound on the other side. And it makes a loud noise, Bob. Blam! And then Zola falls over, as does Steve. So just then, uh, Jet Black and Sharon are coming down in their jet cycles. And Sharon yells out Steve and... and then Jet Black speaks, Father? And she goes up to him, and he's laying there, defeated, crushed, dying. My beautiful girl, erase that pity from your eyes. If you're not strong enough to, to beat life. And then she finishes the sentence because it's something that she he he had always taught her and she says then life beats you and just then we see above them a couple of the uh mutates and they're pushing off uh, a gigantic boulder off the cliff to to kill Jet Black because she's a traitor. I I simply couldn't continue to hurt them, any of them. Redeem yourself. Earn your name. Kill me. Father, I, I, I cannot. I disagree with you, but I do love you. I simply saw compassion as the better road. Then... In the spirit of your new discovery, I give you your life. And he pushes her away because he sees what is coming. And that gigantic boulder is coming down. 
And so he decides in his last moment to save his daughter. And then the big boulder comes down and crushes him. And it makes a loud noise, Bob. And at that point, Sharon looks up at the cliff and she fires and she shoots the, the two mutates and kills them. Father, I, I, I didn't. You did well. Overthrew me. Now take what is yours. See my work finished. And I will be reborn. Live forever in a every human, every animal of earth worship you as the goddess you are, my beautiful girl. I never said so. I've loved nothing more in this life. And then we cut to the next page. And as always, it ends with a gigantic one-page splash to be concluded. Dun, wow. dun, dun. And then what do we see on this last page, Bob? It's it's the triumvirate. It's it's Steve looking like hell in a handbasket with Sharon holding him up. Uh, and now she's covered with blood too, presumably from, from Steve. I, I think it's Steve's blood, yeah. Yeah, you know? And then on her knees in front of them with her head hung low is Jet Black with tears streaming down her face. Is that the only thing you see, Bob? <laughs> It's almost as if she has matured more <laughs> in the last few pages because JR has really rendered her breastuses balloon-like in this particular I uh, I'm going to disagree page. with you. Really? I'm going to disagree with you. I think now first of all, yeah, they're just they're they are ballooning right there. Yes. But I disagree in the fact that I think if you go back and you look throughout this entire comic, they've always been there. Yeah, I guess you're right. But okay. but they haven't been accented like this. And I yeah. think now we're seeing the differences between Claus Jensen, Scott Hanna, and yeah. Tom Palmer. Yeah. And whatever whatever inker is on this final page, yeah. he decided to ink it in such a way <laughs> that there is more detail. Yes. We normally go back, go back. I, 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 I admit I did not do the level of research on this particular topic that you have, <laughs> but now that I've scrolled back and looked, I, I concur. I concur with you. Yes. Yeah. They're always there. Just not yeah. detailed. Yeah. See, you have an eye for art, Rick. That's what that's, <laughs> you've done your research here. So yeah, it's you a pretty what? amazing splash page. It's not a job when you do what you love, Bob. <laughs> Yeah, it's a pretty impressive page, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's cool. All right. What's your biggest takeaway from this this particular story, this issue, Bob? You know, I first of all, it's it's amazing, right? That like we're we're not are we even sure that this happened? Right? I know, we, right? Right? I don't know. Steve is now doubtful, like maybe this didn't happen. At first he was seriously like, you know, sure that this happened, but, but now Sharon maybe has planted some doubt. That's the first thing. The second thing is, I think this is the first time we've ever seen Zola express 
any love, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe it's a trick. Maybe it's a ploy that we'll discover later on. But he saved his, he saved Jet Black at that last minute. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's interesting. And the third thing is, where the hell did that bullet come from? Oh, the diligence? Yes. Well, it came from his pouch, which I know a lot of people don't like. They're like, Cap shouldn't have pouches. Well, right. guess what? Cap would have lost if he didn't have a pouch. He didn't have a pouch. I, I don't know if this bullet has ever been explained in subsequent. I don't recall it ever being addressed again. Uh, it was just sort of introduced early on uh, and, and then served this plot point at the end. But it sure would be cool to know what the backstory was for this particular item, wouldn't it? I, I agree. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, you listen, I've asked Rick Remender to come on the show and he is not returning my calls, as they say. But well, yeah, I, be I diligent. Think, uh, what's that? I said be diligent. I I've tried. Yeah. Yeah, I've reached out more than once. Throw is that, that what, line is that the him. definition of diligence? Maybe you should throw that line. I'm trying to be diligent in my he has you. moved on from this story yeah. so much. I don't think I don't think he wants to rehash something he did ten years earlier, uh, and he's not probably going to remember that term diligent. I'm just guessing. Right. Yeah. 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 Hmm. But anyway, hmm. um, yeah, those are good takeaways. I think I have similar takeaways too. Um, certainly, the way you you know brought up Zola and his you know, um, where he's finally showing some sort of, um, you know, love and affection. But what were his words? His words were, you know, uh, continue my mission. I will love you as every human and animal on the earth, uh, showing you to be the goddess that you are. That's, seem manipulative okay that's fair that's right I, I mean there may be a ploy and he saved here. her because if he didn't who's going to continue the mission right who's going to continue his legacy right right well who's going to continue the the mission of infecting the earth with yeah. his zola virus that's the only way he was going to continue to live if someone had done that yeah Right. Right. So. So self-serving. You know, yeah. You could you could take it as him finally showing some love and affection or you could take it as he is being manipulative to make sure that his mission is carried out and he does continue to live. All right. Well, we'll see him again, I think. Yeah. All right, when Bob. Reunites with Jack. You have, uh, you get to go first. I you do. Went, I went first uh, the last time we covered a comic. Uh, so you go first this time. What is your favorite panel? You know, I think I'm going to have to go um, page 13. Uh, I wish I had my glasses on because I, uh, I made a note. Hold on, page 13. Hold on, hold on. Oh, for crying out loud. Oh, all right, here it is. It's uh, page 13. It's the one where Cap, it's after he has, he has basically beaten up Zola, but before they tumbled off the cliff. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, it's that top panel where Cap is holding. Uh, I don't know what he's holding for Zola. It, it looks like he's holding a, a torn T-shirt. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Right? But one. it's it's whatever's left of his holographic panel, I guess. And mm-hmm. and he's got his shield in his right arm, and he's he's leaning into Zola. And and I know it's not Cap's words. But I do love that little uh, word balloon from Jet Black above him that says the first of many sins to atone for. But I, I like that panel mm-hmm. because I love the coloring of that panel. Uh, I love the, the layer of, of the smoke. And uh, I, I just I, I love everything about that panel. It's got a very subdued, gra- almost a grainy sort of, of coloring uh, to mm-hmm. it. I don't know. It, it works for me. All right. Excellent. I like it. Yeah. Good what choice. about you? Well, I am so happy that you didn't steal mm. mine because I am going with the double page splash mm. uh, where Cap is jumping onto Zola. And he he says, now it's your turn. Mm. I mean, that's just a that's just an amazing. It is double page splash. Yeah. I, I would love to actually own this piece if anybody's out there. Who owns it? But um, it's so dynamic. It's so Kirby-esque, right? In mm-hmm. in the bravado of this these this image. I mean, I could totally see Kirby doing something similar to this. And just to see A, Zola get what's coming to him, right? And just being you know, smack down like this and B seeing a, 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 so such a damaged Captain America, you know, bandaged and bloodied and, mm-hmm. you know, one eye swollen shut and his uniform in tatters, you know, to see him just like, that's it. I, I'm not giving up. And, and he's like, you'll never hurt anyone ever again. Now, you know, now it's your turn. Wow. That is a, that, that is a cool panel. Uh, and I got to wonder, like, how, how, he, how he launched himself into that particular blitz attack on, on Zola's face, right? How, how, did he, how did he do that? Was it a running jump? Did he jump from up on high? It's a great action scene, but it gets you thinking about like, wow, what came before this, right? Mm-hmm. Very cool. You need to ask me what's t-shirt worthy. Oh, all right. I thought we were going back and forth. Okay. Well, what's t-shirt worthy, Ray? Well, it is. We are going back and forth. You go first on the first okay. one. Wow. I go first on the second one. You go first on we've all been right. oh my God, Bob. How often have we done this? I know. You'd be amazed at like how I don't commit any penguins on the iceberg to <laughs> these little details. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell does that mean? I've you, never heard that expression. You, I have told you my theory about penguins on an iceberg before. You can only fit so many penguins yeah. on an iceberg. And a penguin right. represents every piece of discrete knowledge or skill that you need. And so once you got that iceberg filled up with penguins, if if you want another one on, one's got to jump off. So you want to learn a new skill? You got to learn a new word, right? Want to learn French? A couple penguins got to get off. And, <laughs> and it might be some early English grammar you learned or something. So I came you to have, this, con- I came you to have this conclusion. This before, yeah. yeah, when I, when I studied, I studied Indonesian mm-hmm. for a couple of years for the Marines. And then naturally, they assigned me to Vietnam. 
<laughs> so they send me back to school to learn Vietnamese. And I, and I, I would like muddle things up because I would get Indonesian words mixed up in my Vietnamese sentences or, or vice versa when I spoke Indonesian. And then I realized that I could not contain both second languages in my brain. I either had to make a conscious decision to like get rid of my Indonesian vocab and pick up Vietnamese or vice versa, but it just was impossible. I didn't have that many penguins on my particular iceberg. Now you may make have more. How does one make a conscious decision to forget a particular language and retain another one? You just stop working. You know, everything is with like languages. If you don't use it, you lose it. I mean, it might come back eventually. It's it's that the the penguins are circling the iceberg. They could jump back up at any time. Right. (laughs) But they're they're not there for immediate recall. It's going to take some work to get them up there. Right. Mm -hmm. They've been eating fish. They're fat now. They're going to have a hard time getting up. So. It's just a choice. So. Does the iceberg tilt when they try to get back on? <laughs> it gets very, when you- Does you the whole iceberg happens. feel like out of Rick, sync or like, whoa? You know whoa. what happens if you try to like put too many things in your brain at once, right? You get, at least for me anyway, I know very well that the, the iceberg is starting to mm-hmm. sway a little bit and a bunch of penguins fall off, right? And then they mm-hmm. got to scramble back on, which takes a lot of effort, cognitive energy. So don't do it. Don't teach an old dog new tricks. It's dangerous. Gotcha. All right. All that being said, yeah, Bob, it's my my turn to go. All right. All right. Well, what would you like to see on a T-shirt, Rick? Well, I'm glad you asked, Bob. Um, I would go with page 12, the very first panel. And that I want to see on the T-shirt is that's where Cap's over top of, of Zola, putting his shield deep into his chest, and he says, you'll never hurt another person ever again. And there's a nice yeah. doom sound effect behind him, which, by the way, when you did it, you went oom. Um, but Is anyway, it doom? Because they all look the same letter to me. That's a D. Me. That's a D. Is it? Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. I didn't want to say anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I appreciate you not uh, correcting my mispronunciations. Yeah. Yeah. You know me. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I think wouldn't that look cool on a t-shirt? It would look cool on it. Yeah, I think that's great. It's great with the with the word bubble too. I think that. that and then an everybody would say, "Who's that guy on your t-shirt?" Because it does not look like Captain America. <laughs> it looks like an older, like haggard, you know, some guy playing cosplay or something. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, I guess it's a little bit like Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins doing Cap cosplay. Why would you bring Kenny Loggins to this? I love it because I was just having a discussion the other day. Was it with you? No, it was with somebody about songs that told stories. Like, uh, like, Billy, like, Billy, uh, like Billy Don't Be a Hero. He didn't right? sing that. No, I know that. But there's a number of songs we were talking. I was talking about, I think it might have been Scott, or Scott, one of our Facebook members. And because I was on my way to a meeting. And, mm-hmm. and I was listening to Sirius XM because I love listening to 70s on, you know, whatever. Seven, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Run, Joey, Run came on. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Run, Kenny Joey, Longest Run? didn't do that either. No, I know. David Geddes did. And I sang every word of that song. Now, there's some penguins that need to get off the freaking iceberg, <laughs> right? Because I used to listen to that song in 1978 on a little 45 record that one of my siblings must have bought. And mm-hmm. I still have that. And I listened to it so much that I memorized the song. Even the girl, Daddy, please don't. It wasn't his fault. He means so much to me. 
<laughs> in the chorus on my way to my meeting. And I'm like dumbfounded that I can remember this song after so many years. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I was saying that I, I love songs like that, that tell a story, right? And Kenny, Kenny Rogers had so many great stories wait a minute kenny rogers or kenny loggins they're Did two different Loggins? people uh, you I'm said sorry. loggins i see i'm getting older i'm like footloose like what, right. what you know you know i went to the danger zone yeah, yeah I mean, right no, i mean, I'm, yeah, I'm I mean if you want to talk about soundtracks uh, sure kenny loggins is your man i'm talking i was I, I meant to say see i'm getting older right you know, my mind is slipping kenny you rogers kenny rogers yeah a lot of okay the songs. gambler gambler right uh, lucille What's the one about the the coward of, of something county? That was yeah, you know, another yeah, great yeah, one. Yeah, right? right? Lots of great story songs. They don't make story totally songs do. anymore. No, they don't. Right? So so they, anyway, he looks like Kenny Rogers doing the Captain America costume. You got to know when to hold. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. Know when to fold. Yeah. Know yeah. when to walk away. Know when to run. There you go. Somebody there needs to go. be doing some karaoke. Mm. I'm going to... You and Megan need to be hitting the circuit. Megan would never get caught in a million years doing karaoke. <laughs> you couldn't. She didn't even want to get up in front of everybody and like do vows at our oh, wedding. Okay. She hates public yeah. speaking. She does not want to be in front of anybody. There's no way she would uh, ever do karaoke. Hmm. And I, by the way, thank you maybe very she much could, she for not taking not taking that opportunity to go. Well, Rick. Maybe it wasn't that she didn't want to get <laughs> Again, to your vows. I was being generous. <laughs> uh, oh, anyway, my t-shirt, Rick, thank you for asking. I didn't, but go ahead. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with that page two painting of Cap and Ian. Oh, you want that on a t-shirt? I think I would. You know, I, I'm a dad. You're a dad. You mm -hmm. know, I think dads can appreciate that. Um, we're all in our own way. I hope... Heroes um, in our own story. Heroes in our own stories. <laughs> and heroes, I have actually have something. I guess it's upstairs. It's in my it's in my bedroom. You know, it says a dad is his son's first superhero. It's mm. a bunch of bullshit. My wife made it. My son didn't make it. But anyway, and then I think you know, I have this, which is something Aww, it's uh I it's do love that. A little original art that my wife made uh when my son was like three or something, but it's it's super dad bob. It's some original comic art that mm -hmm. uh tells the story of my relationship with my son. And so I think, I love that. I, think I love it. I like the cap in his son, and I think it represents all dads and their sons, or should anyway. Mm. All right, I I have to get this now. I have to show off now. Hold on. All right, my daughter. You know, she's 17, but I want to say, I don't know, five, six years ago, um, she likes to paint. So she painted me this trash can, right? Nice. Original uh, commission. Yes. Now, you know, it's a Captain America shield on the side mm -hmm. of a black trash can. Yeah. Um, and But it's hand painted. So the rings aren't exactly perfect, right? It look, you know, it looks like a... yeah. 10 year old did this right yeah um but here's the best part the other side uh-huh oh that's nice yeah to my hero yep she Very wrote nice. to my hero yeah yeah so that's cool yeah yeah so very nice talk about kids and paintings and yeah. fathers and stuff yeah anyway all right that's a nice one bob uh, you know, you might, uh, you might sell, uh, two t-shirts, I think well, for that one. All right. Well, 
one more than I anticipated. So I'm ahead. <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur. All right, Bob, what is your time capsule? Oh, Rick. Tough Rick, one, right? These are tough, but I, I'm going with the bullet. I'm going with the bullet. Um, All right. What about the bullet is time capsule worthy? Look, you know, it looks like, uh, I don't know, maybe this is a 357 Magnum, maybe it's a 38, but it's funny in this era, we see electric staffs, we see Sharon, you know, using her weird staffs, we see flying sky cycles and Zola has a holographic face, but what takes him out? It's a, it's like a 357 Magnum bullet. I mean, mm. technology over a century old, right? That Cap mm -hmm. carries around. Maybe he's had this. Maybe he's had this since he was in World War II. Maybe this is a relic from, from his younger years. I don't know, but uh, but it is a flash from the past, right? Mm -hmm. And and the thing that strikes me is now he's used it. It's gone. Yeah. Right. That is that is. He's tough. carried this for so long, and it served its purpose, but now it's gone. I still have my diligence bullet. Hold on to it. You may never know when you might need it. That's true. It is yeah. a keychain. I, I should probably put my keys on it and just carry it around. You never know. You just you never know case. until you go through TSA. Yeah. And then I'm the full handcuffed. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the gift that I, I'm sending yeah. you away. So. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, it's not that bad if you just relax. <laughs> Moon River. Using yeah. the whole fist there, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right, time capsule for me. Glad you asked. Mm -hmm. uh, I am going to go with page 12, panel four. And that is when Sharon comes over to Chet Black. Mm -hmm. And she's like, who are you? And she's like, I'm Sharon Carter from S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, and so it's the first meeting between Chet Black mm -hmm. and Sharon Carter. And uh, they will have a little bit of a relationship going forward. Um, but in any case, uh, I think that's historic. And that's why it's going in my time capsule. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting uh, at this point that she introduces herself as agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm an ally of Captain America. Mm. Nothing more. Nothing more. Mm -hmm. Just just an ally and an agent. of uh, <clears throat> Always the pro. Yeah. Always Indeed. Mm. And I, I like how, you know, the next panel, uh, she goes, hello, Sharon Carter, you know, or she refers to her as by her full name. Right. Yeah. That's polite. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if I met you, I wouldn't be mm -hmm. like, if you go, hi, I'm Bob Lucius. I wouldn't go, hello, Bob Lucius. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you were a robot. Uh, that's true. By one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, Bob. Well, um, we got one more, one more, and then we conclude the escaped dimension Z yeah. or escape from dimension Z, I should say. Um, and looking forward to, to capturing that next month. And then, and then Bob, we got to figure out the next long tail story we're going to do. And maybe we'll put it up for a vote in the Facebook group. Mm. Oh, that sounds fun. Yep. All right, Bob. Uh, speaking of the future, Next episode, uh, we are taking a, a trip in the Wayback Machine. We're going to go to 1965. Wow, we haven't that, been that, that is way back. 
Yeah, we haven't been in the 60s uh, for like the last five months. So it's overdue for us to go back. So we're going to do Tales of Suspense, which was the this you know the the individual cap stories i mean he was also in the avengers at the time but these are the individual cap stories mm. that took place and uh before he got his own series and so we're going to do issue 69 70 and 71 and uh this is going to be a, a world war ii tale and it takes place uh it's called um Midnight in Greymoor Castle. So Steve and Bucky during World War II are fighting the Nazis, but there's a little bit more to it than just that. Hmm. So we'll cover those. Uh, we'll cover that story, which is over the course of three issues. But of course, you know, it's a split, you know, half issue, half issue, right. half issue, because he's yeah. sharing it with Iron Man at that time. Um, so we'll do that next episode, uh, taking uh, a 1965 tale. Awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. It is. It yeah. is indeed. All right, Bob, uh, anything left before we go? I don't think so, Rick. Um, no, it was a great story. I can't wait to to conclude it and see how this ends. And then um, I can't wait till next week to, to, to jump into something exciting. Yep. All right. So uh, two more plugs, just as a reminder, um, please, you know, rate and review wherever you get an opportunity. Uh, we really do appreciate it. We haven't had Bob a, a new review in our Apple podcast uh, for a few months now. So mm -hmm. we're, we're overdue. So yeah. if anybody can go out there and put us, give us a five-star review, uh, we will be sure to read it here on the air. And, and also if you want, you can put it uh, say, rick to do it in this particular character's voice or accent i'm 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 always uh willing to do that uh as a as a bribe so there's that and then also um be sure to go to youtube on tuesday october 17th and i think it's at nine o'clock eastern time but um essentially just you know, you can go on there um and it is what did I say? Comic Art Live, I think it was. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Comic Art Live. I think it's going to be episode 183 is, is uh, I'll be on there. So uh, you get to see me uh, in, uh, talking about my my various uh, Captain America art. And feel free to, you know, uh, give me a hard time in the chat. That's Have always fun. Have you picked out your outfit yet? It's going to probably be, I don't know. I was thinking... Maybe something Captain America related? Huh. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Okay. We'll see. Have have Megan help you out with the, you know, the makeup. Oh. Don't okay. try to do it yourself. I I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh and that's great advice from Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbonis, and you have been listening to another episode of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. Thank you.